Hello and happy July. This is David Coleman. I'm your host of Bridging the Gap, which is a show and a podcast designed to help people find connection and direction and purpose. Maybe they've lost a bit of hope. They need their uh, faith inspired uh, to reach new heights, or maybe they're looking for love with another person or possibly a relationship with God. And I'm also known as the dating doctor. I'm blessed to be one of America's top public speakers and do a couple of hundred programs and shows and appearances a year and try to help people find the love that they are looking for, or maybe a sense of connection. Maybe they're trying to make friends and uh, maybe someone's going through a tough time. I try to help people in different ways. And it led me to being approached by Paul Jones, the creator of Bootleggers Music Group Radio, the host of this program. He's the founder and the genius and the president and he approached me several months back and said, David, I'm starting this venture. How about a podcast? And I said, sure, I would love to work with you. I would love to bring people um, happy to a happier place and to feel more connected and possibly to a relationship with God. One, one song and one podcast at a time. Now today, folks, I just have to tell you I'm excited. The day that I reconnected with my guest today, we had known each other for a little while, but as lives do, they sometimes go separate directions and uh, professionally, we share a profession and we both got busy. And the first time I reconnected with this person, the first conversation, I knew that he was going to be a guest on this program. And I've been waiting for this. It took us a little while to get scheduled where we both had the time available. But my guest today is uh, Sir Evans. And I'm not going to go too crazy as I introduce him because there's so much I want him to talk about and reveal. But Sir is a fellow BG. SU Falcon. For those of you who don't know the acronym, that is Bowling Green State University, a fine state school in the northwest corner of Ohio. It's in the children of the corn part of Ohio. There's Bowling Green. There's a lot of corn. Then there's Toledo. And uh, I'm really, really excited to have him because when I talk about people who motivate others, when I talk about people who've overcome tremendous, and let me underscore, tremendous obstacles, Sir, I have to say you're possibly at the top of that list. I want to say good morning. I want to say hello and welcome to Bridging the Gap. Good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me today, man. And the A Ziggy Zumba. A Ziggy Zumba. It's been, have you been back on campus in a while? I just went a couple of months ago and it has changed quite a bit. Yeah, it's almost as if that's not the same school I went to. It is, it's just not that it wasn't beautiful back then, but what they have done, the changes they have made, what a beautiful, beautiful school. Oh, yeah. And let me do a little bit more. You're a Cleveland native, correct? I am. And if I'm not mistaken, you were invited back by Bowling Green and you did a TEDx for them. Is that correct? I did. Did a TEDx um, in April. That was actually the last time I was there was in April, which is a, a great opportunity there. Um, but yeah, I was able to do a TEDx at uh, the alma mater, so that meant a lot to me. That's pretty neat. Today's podcast, I try to give every podcast a title and uh, basically uh, a topic that we are going to cover in, in mass and, and shoot off in different directions. We decided to call today No Goal Left Behind, but we almost called it Losing That First Pound. You and I went back and forth. Which one should we talk about? And I kind of knew that we would talk about them both, so it doesn't necessarily matter which one we called it. But uh, And I, I didn't want to overintroduce you, sir. So why would it matter to anyone listening today if we would have called this losing that first pound? I think it would matter because, first of all, that one pound speaks to, for me personally, it speaks to the one of the biggest things that I've had to overcome in my life. Um, it really was a battle with my weight. I, at a certain point in time, I was touching 500 pounds, if not a little bit over that 500 pounds. Um, <clears throat> that's a lot. That That's a tremendous amount. Yeah. It was uh, 58 waist pants, 7X shirts. Um, I'll never forget in high school, I was able to fit my social studies book in my back pocket. So those were <laughs> some pretty big Your social studies I, book fit in your back pocket. It fit in my back pocket. Yeah, they were, uh, yeah, they were huge. And losing that one pound, it was important because you don't lose 250 pounds at once. Well, you it didn't gain happen. it either. You didn't well, gain you it at once. You didn't gain it. I didn't gain it at once either. You know, you gain it one pound at a time. So you got to lose it in the same way. You know, I know a little bit about your background because we work together and we've become friends. And would you let people know, how did you, how'd you end up there? Before we talk about how you lose that first pound and how you made your way back, 
And uh, as we sit here today, uh, I don't think you'll mind that I, I believe the last time that we talked, you're half that weight now or less. Yeah. And first of all, how did how did you get there? How did you wake up one day and go, whoa, I'm 500 pounds? You know what, Dave? I, I would say, first of all, I did have a little help um, hereditarily. I did have some. I, I come from a large family. Um, I think family on my mom and dad's side are pretty big. But for me growing up, eating was really – it was more of a pastime and an entertainment. Like I would sit around and just eat when I was bored. Um, not so much as a stress eater, but really just eating um, out of a sense of just boredom. And, you know, my dad, they grew up without having much. And he always told me when I was a kid that he would never want his kids to go hungry. Right. Mm -hmm. um, being a first generation to, to have that. And he wanted to make sure his kids didn't go hungry. Unfortunately, that had the opposite effect on me, um, and I, you know, just gained that weight and gained it so much. Sure. Um, also, and even as I got older, unfortunately, just the way that I was thinking in life, I really didn't think that I would live to see beyond 25, um, just due to the life circumstances that I was engaged in at the time. I didn't really think that I would live to see past that point. So putting down the food wasn't really something that concerned me. I didn't really think that I'd be here much longer anyway. So it doesn't matter if I eat another meal. It doesn't matter if I, you know, pig out today. Mm -hmm. um, and you just kind of slowly build up. And, you know, I'm going to put the pen in it after this, but what changes that I kept getting more days handed to me. The days kept coming. They kept coming, you know. Hmm. And that was, a, that was the first light bulb moment because, you know, I'm like, I'm not going to be here tomorrow. Let's just... Sure. And as, as we tape today, uh, you said this was you were growing up. And about what age was this where you were saying, hey, another day is coming, another day is coming? And you didn't think you'd live past what? 25. And what are you as we tape today? 38. Just had a birthday. Oh, happy birthday. Happy birthday. And I, I remember seeing that on Facebook. Happy, happy belated birthday. That's fabulous. And you know, sir, what's interesting about this, I'm going to switch over to my dating doctor uh, what I do for a living is quite often couples who fall for each other and couples who fall in love over the first year or two, they will both gain significant weight. Sure. Why? Number one, they've already done everything. They probably need to catch each other. They didn't necessarily think, Hey, I've got to keep myself in that same shape. But number two, mostly many things that we do socially and to comfort ourselves and try to go anywhere without somebody offering you, what would you like to eat? What would you like to drink? We, we use food as a comfort and we use food as, as a mechanism to be social. Did you find that was happening to you as well? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Especially being young and being a social reader. But even after marriage, I definitely, um, when I got married to my wife, I definitely gained at least, you know, 50, 60 pounds and um, for me, that that being able to lose that weight, it was it had actually gotten to a point too where it was uh, therapeutic to go work out. It was therapeutic to mm -hmm. you know get that off of me. But I definitely gained weight. My wife did too. <laughs> we we uh we both make the joke about how we gained weight after <laughs> you know we got married, and it's something sure. that we've also been you know trimming back uh, this last year. But yeah. Yeah, sir, I think you're in a really unique position. I'm going to ask this question straight out because I'll, I'll say personally, during the last couple of years during COVID, I went to the doctor the other day and, and he said, you know, you've gained 12 pounds in the last 18 months. I said, I know. And I don't like that. I don't like the way my clothes fit. And and I'm not alone here. I, I've been talking to people left and right that during the last couple of years and being more sedentary and, and we ate for comfort and we were quarantined. And what did we do? We sat and ate and people talked about uh, they were gaining weight. Uh, how did that affect? And there's couples out there. There's couples out there listening to this right now who they've gained some weight. You mm -hmm. obviously gained some weight. Then you said your wife did. How did you two get through that and stay connected and in love and supportive when that can cause problems between people? You know, Dave, I, I think we had a lot of ammunition. Um, for one, I think that you do need assistance. I, Therapy was one thing that I've always um, advocated for just in mental health. Um, so one thing that I, I definitely sought was therapy throughout my time because you're going through these changes, you're cooped in the house. Um, there's a lot of mental things that are taking place in there. So just being able to have someone there that's, um, that you can springboard those ideas off of from a neutral place was imperative. But then also being transparent, right? Being transparent with those conversations 
like, hey, we're getting up. Let's maybe we can take a walk together, right? Um, maybe we can actually begin to, since we're here all the time, do a little more meal prepping, right? Mm-hmm. Even though we're here at refrigerators right there, you know, let's do some meal prepping. That also is something that we can do together. So we have that together time. But also we're preparing those meals. I think that was one of the most detrimental things through the pandemic that changed for me because I meal prepped all the time, right? I'm sure. at home, so that refrigerator is two seconds away. <clears throat> what, what do we need to meal prep for? But that meal prep helps with the portion control, right? It helps with sure. monitoring what it is that we're eating. And I'll tell you another thing that was beneficial too um, is getting dressed, right? This is a very small thing, but we just I'm had two this. years. I'm loving we, this already. <laughs> we just had two years where we had the option to put on a full set of clothes, especially the clothes that we would wear on a regular day's basis. Sure. So, you know, our jeans or slacks turn into sweats. Sweats have that elastic band. It's very easy for us to lose sight of any weight that we may have gained or lost with sweats versus putting on a pair of slacks daily. Now you can start to notice over, you know, very quickly whether you're gaining, whether you're losing, and just putting those pants on in the morning. It's, it's something that helps. Putting that shirt on. You know, when you're getting dressed, it helps with your mindset, but it also helps as a memory, a reminder of where you are physically. Sir, I'm going to applaud you. I don't know if it's going to come through, but I'm currently applauding you. Do you know how many of my clients, my relationship clients, have talked to me about how they felt over COVID and they had kept comfortable clothes on. And then one day they decide, you know, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe I'm going to get dressed in real clothes and go out today. (laughs) They would go to put on their jeans and go, holy crap, what happened? So I think you're dead on with that comment. And what's really cool about what you're saying right now is that you and your wife turned what could have been and was for many people a very scary, detrimental and harmful and hurtful time. You you flipped the script and you said, let's prepare meals together. Let's do this together. Let's be transparent. Whereas many people probably said, this is taboo. I don't want to talk about it. So Mm -hmm. my hat's off to you and my hat's off to your wife. And I I have a question for you that I don't think anyone can relate to, but you, and you don't have to give us a long answer, but I'd sure love to know what was a day like, what was an actual day as a human being? What did a normal day look like when you were at one of your highest weights? That's a good question, Dave. Um, If I had to sum it up into one word, it would be lethargic. Um, but sure. uh, there's little things that I can say. Uh, for an average day, it's hard to look back. But I can tell you a lot of little things that are going in that day that people wouldn't really recognize. Walking around and having a conversation. Let's say you're in an office, maybe doing some water cooler talk, or maybe you're just walking with a friend or something, you're having mm-hmm. a conversation. Those didn't exist. They didn't exist because to have a conversation where we're walking and talking is exhausting. I can't walk and talk to you at 500 pounds. I need to focus on taking these breaths. I need to make sure that I have enough wind control to be able to just take this walk aside from talking to you, right? So a lot of walking and talking, that was something that was regular. We didn't do that, right? Going up a flight of stairs, taking, here's a good one. I haven't thought about this one in a long time. Making sure that whoever goes up the stairs needs to go up the stairs first so that I can go up the stairs because I'm probably going to take a break three times. Somewhere in the midst of the stairs, I'm definitely taking a break at the top of the stairs. Isn't that something? So making, I I would always, most cases, make a conscious decision and say, hey, I'm going to let you go head up the stairs first, and then I'm going to go because I know I'm going to be taking my time, you know. I wonder if this ever happened to you, sir. I I had a dear friend who unfortunately passed and uh, he was just a great guy and a fellow entertainer. His name was Ralphie May and one, one of the great comics. And if you go on yeah. YouTube, if you look on Facebook or YouTube, his stuff's everywhere. And I have a friend named Rob Calvert, who Rob Calvert, who's one of the top uh, music and, and radio professionals in the world. He was much, much, much closer to him than I was. But I remember one of the last times I saw Ralphie, we were walking through the corridor at a conference where we were both showcasing and he couldn't walk straight. I remember he would walk to the right sway back to the left, sway over to the right, sway over to the left, because he couldn't really make a straight line. Did you find that was happening? Certain situations. Yeah, there are certain situations. And Dave, it's it's so funny that you mention this, because there's so many little nuances that you don't really think about when you're that size that you just become so accustomed to doing. Even a seat check, right? A seat check. 
most people will sit in a seat and they'll just hop in a seat. Now, there's certain chairs that even to this day, I look at and say, mm, the chair's not too safe, right? There's a little plastic. I love the little plastic uh, uh, summerwear chairs that they have. But just being, you have to look at chairs and say, okay, is this weight going to be sustainable? Because if it's not, we're going to have a scene here, right? Just looking at those and then certain situations where there might be those tight entrances. A lot, in the, uh, you see those a lot more in airports, Um when you're in transit, uh, coming through the little turnstiles and trying sure. to find a wheelchair accessible entrance where you can kind of just go through there. Um, all of those little things that you, you, there's a very big conscious thing. And then, you know, also people are always looking, right? Um, people are always looking. I always make this joke with my wife about, um, even now about, hey, babe, we're famous without even being famous because when you're 500 pounds, <laughs> People are looking at you like you're a celebrity. Jeez, you know, something. they're looking at you like you're a celebrity. Just all the time, the eyes are on you, and it, you know, it's it's a, it's a lot of weight that can be put on you, even just mentally and emotionally. See, that's um, interesting. The, the weight isn't just the weight, is it? Mm-hmm. No, not at all. Now that's not really um, as you as you know, I've talked to you about the podcast. And I know that you've heard some of them. We always put a couple of songs. We love to play music. It's uh, it's the cornerstone of the station and uh, bridging the gap. Music Group Radio. There's a new song that's come out on our station. It's called My Wings by Marcelo. And I have to tell you, it's one of my favorite new songs. So what I'd like to do is uh, we'll take a moment here and we'll listen to My Wings. And then when we come out, uh, we, we often talked about calling this losing that first pound. And for many people who are struggling with weight, who, who struggled with gaining some during COVID, or it could mean something completely different. They don't need to lose weight, but something else might be their first pound. I'd sure like to talk you that, talk about those things with you when we come out of this. But now, uh, this is My Wings by Marcelo. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Anti-gravity You bring me up So I can see And when my wings Start to touch the ground You always seem to be around Giving me the lift I need So I can fly Yeah, I can fly During times when darkness called you Hold me tight, you won't let me fall You are the light in me You are my upper hand You are reason I get up and stand You give me all the strength I need So I can fly Yeah, I can fly Because you believe in me Yeah, I fly I can fly You are my There's times I've let you down So many times I've not been around The way you've been there for me But now's the time for me to be The man that you've always seen And push me to be So I can fly Yeah, I can fly Because you believe in me Yeah, I fly I can fly You are my way 
song is that not beautiful and yeah. uh, the voice uh, when that came out and I uh, Paul Paul tends to send me text messages when uh, new songs come out he just sent me one that he wrote the other day when people hear this new song and I don't want to I don't want to let the cat out of the bag but it, it talks about uh, when you lose someone and you're sitting on a porch and there used to be two rocking chairs and now there's only one mm-hmm. and he wrote it in 48 hours and I, I called him yesterday to yell at him because he made me cry on a beautiful Friday afternoon on a beautiful sunny day. So uh, I will get it's, it's an amazing song, sir. Let's 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 help people out. <clears throat> whether it's weight, whether they need to lose that first pound, which uh, you've motivated me, by the way, just just since we've been back in contact, since we've been working together as speakers. I have taken my fitness more seriously. I've taken my diet more seriously, and uh, you without even knowing it, motivated me. Wow. Now, with people with people listening right now who need to lose that first pound because they're overweight or they want to lose a few pounds or someone's facing an obstacle in their life and that first pound might be something different to them, what do you say to them? I think I would probably um, first say is um, why. Why, why is it that you want to lose that first pound? Hmm. What is it about that first pound that's so important to you, right? Sure. Like, what's the big deal about that first pound? What's the big, like, even at 500 pounds, what's the big deal about 500 pounds? Dave, I couldn't tell you how many people uh, in my life would say, it's okay that you're that size. What's the big deal with you losing weight? Love your skin. Love the body that you're in. Love yourself. Love your deal? skin. You can't love anybody else. Do you love your? I, I get it. I hear it. Now, let's, I, I want to make sure I'm very clear about this. I love myself at 500 pounds. I didn't start to lose weight because I hated my, myself. Let's, I want to make that clear. So that wasn't the issue. But I say why. What is that first? What is the reasoning on why you want to make that first step? Because that is going to be your anchor throughout the, the entire journey. Um, it's very interesting. Those steps. It's going to be that 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 reason. Sure. It's going to help you stay on track. That's and then then what did you did you start a process? Did you did you do it alone? Did you two come to a decision on what every day would look like if you were? And I remember, sir, I told you, I mm-hmm. think you're one of the most courageous people I've ever met, and here's why: those of us that live in the public eye. Mm-hmm. We do a pretty good job of making sure what people see and hear about us. Sure. You know, why? Because there's an image out there and, and here we are. We're trying to put our best foot forward. And I watched your promotional video when, when we decided to work together and you were going to try to take your speaking career to the next level. You showed me a promotional video that you were using mm-hmm. and you had in that video, you had taken off your shirt and it would be less than flattering for most people, but you, you're there, you were, you were drink. You had to have a blender out. You were drinking something that it looked like you were trying to use as a as a catalyst to start to lose weight. You were exercising. You didn't mind that people saw you. That quote might have been one of your worst physical moments in sure. your life. That couldn't have been easy. Yeah. Um. No, it, it wasn't easy, Dave. And I, I sat on so much of um, the journey really because I just wanted to see it. Right now. When you say what were some things, and this all kind of plays together, but the other thing that I would tell them, and this is also something that I start off with one day at a time, right? It's something I live and breathe by is take it one day at a time. When I first started my journey, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. No idea. But I felt like it was simple math that if um, I'm doing more, if I'm having more output than input, then maybe I can get this ball rolling, right? So if I take a walk, because I know I didn't take one yesterday, is what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. we can burn some energy and maybe we eat a little less, right? So I had no idea. So I would start with just walking around the, the block, walking around my block. And this was in the winter. I remember I started in the winter. Mm-hmm. It had to be like November, December, freezing cold. <clears throat> yeah, I remember balmy in Cleveland, right? Balmy. Just, just a drag. 
And I remember it so clear because one of the distractors, and this is why I said that why is so important, because I would get up and say, I have absolutely nothing to wear on this walk today. I'm not going. Right? Just the little things. I have nothing to wear. I, I wore this yesterday. I have nothing to wear. I'm not going <clears> to <throat> go on this way. I'm not going to go on this important walk today because I have nothing to wear. Because I have nothing to wear. Or even, I don't know what I'm going to eat when I'm done. I'm not doing it. Right? It's just little roadblocks that we put in front of our way. Um, you know, especially when we're starting something. So taking it one day at a time. Never right? underestimate the power of denial. It's, it's unbelievable. Never. Never. Um, and, you know, just from taking it one day at a time, I, I think the, another light bulb turned on me when I first started to see my first result, which didn't take long. I'd say it probably took at least a, a month. Um, but it was a little result. It was a little bit, but it was enough to keep me going. Right. I think that the biggest breakthrough that I really saw another joke was when I was in college and um, um, I had friends that were going to school for nutrition. I had athletes. And they really kind of helped to cultivate my workout plan and really just educated me. And I was open to it. You have to be open to, you know, those those who have maybe been through what you've been through or have a little more knowledge in it than you do, which is, you know, even with our relationship. But you have to be open to those things, because, like I said, I had no idea, but I knew that I wanted to see a change. And I knew that my wife was strong enough to support that change that I wanted to go through. That's awesome. What a couple. What a couple that you must be. And let me let me ask you to flip the script here. And would you uh, – I'm going to give you 60 seconds here for an elevator speech. If somebody popped on an elevator with you right now, we're going to switch gears just a little bit. If somebody popped on an elevator and, and they said, hi, it's nice to meet you, what do you do? Give us the 60-second, what does Sir Evans do? Sir Evans helped people to find and utilize their superpower. Um hmm. Through creating content, creating relationships, or most importantly, creating things that help you change your perspective on how you see things. It's through that perspective that we're able to tap into that superpower and that we're able to find our purpose and walk in that purpose and our power. Do you mind if I ask you what your superpower is? My superpower is to help people hit their goals. That's neat. That's really neat. And that, I don't know if you realized, uh, the first guest I ever had on Bridging the Gap was my friend Debbie Gardner, who is uh, one of the first female police officers in the country to carry a gun and the first one to have her own independent beat. And she basically named this, this podcast because she called me the bridge because I would help people find what they need, help to get where they needed to go, and I would be the bridge to help people positively move forward. And I, I feel the same way about you. That's why I'm really happy to have you on the program today. And I'm wondering, as you work with other people, what are you hearing most right now? What's the most common thing you are asked to help people do? I think the most uh, common thing that I uh, help people do is to create a plan of action. Um, most people, I think that I encounter know what it is that they want. They know what that first pound is, right? Mm -hmm. I think most people even know why they want to lose or lose that first pound or why they want to pursue what it is that they want to pursue. But how to actually do that, that's a whole nother ballgame. Um, so I, I, that's definitely the biggest area that I see the most of is clients who don't know how to achieve what it is that they want to achieve. What's the process look like? And you know what you did, and I know this, and I would love for you to introduce to people what it is that, that you have done. But when we got back together and started working together, you showed me what you're also an entrepreneur and you're also an inventor. Mm -hmm. And if you don't mind, I mean, this isn't what I really like about what you're doing with your life and in your career is – Often when, when people ask me to help them, if they want me to coach them on becoming a better public speaker, or they want to go into speaking professionally like I am, when, when people don't know what they really want to talk about, they either talk about leadership or diversity or teamwork because how do you prove really anyone wrong in any of those areas? But what you did is you came out and said, I'm going to take people in a direction. I'm going to help them set and reach goals. And you literally invented something to help them do it. Do you mind telling people what that is? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's called the Superpower Planner. And really what it is, this is an all-in-purpose planner that kind of helps people to hit their goals. So when I first started um, my company, Quality Service, um, it was based on a consulting. So I would sit down with clients, kind of the same situation, really dealing with overcoming traumatic events or weight loss. 
And we will sit down and we would kind of map out what it is, what's that one pound, what's your why. And we would have, I would have two different, I would have a notebook and I have a folder, right? So the notebook would be their goals, like what it is that they want. And then the folder would be the prerequisites. What is it going to take for you to hit this goal? Every goal, a lot of times people don't realize you have to peel back. Every goal typically has some other things that have to be done before you could achieve that. And as I would come to these meetings, I would always have these two to three different planners, notebooks, and I wanted to create something where it was all in one, where whether it was a physical goal, mental, spiritual, or emotional, you could have a planner that embodied everything. But also while dealing with clients, I realized that most people don't like to plan. You know, it's not exciting. It's not fun. It's not sexy. Um, And there's a chance you won't fulfill it. Exactly. Exactly. There's a big chance you will not fulfill it. So I wanted to create a a planner that was not only engaging, entertaining, but also helps to make sure that you hit those particular areas. Now, this planner is high tech. It also comes with a built in charger so you can rest your phone on this and say you're on a flight, you're in a meeting, you're in class. You can rest your phone right on top of this planner. It will charge it wirelessly. Wow. It has a section in there for your finances, mental, spiritual, emotional goals. On the cover, there's also a built-in flash drive. So let's say you have to store some files, some data, you're on the go. It has a 16-gig flash drive built into it. And also built-in wireless, uh, no, not wireless, built-in charging port in the back that can charge droids, uh, iPhone, and it actually can charge some laptops, too, that have the new uh, C-Type in there as well. Slow charge, of course, on a laptop, but it does have those capabilities. That way you have something that's engaging. You also have something that you can has value in other areas that you can utilize too. And the superpower planner came out last year to kind of help people to hit the goals. And also to remind them that everybody has a superpower and your superpower needs a plan. Let us help you plan that together. That's really great. Everyone has a superpower and your superpower needs a plan. In other words, to know what your superpower power is and not to execute it is a waste. Absolutely. Absolutely. And unfortunately, I think that a lot of people in, in life, Um, go through life never even recognizing that they have a superpower, that they have something that makes them unique, something that they can do that no one else can do quite like them. That's really neat. I'm going to, I'm going to switch to a different topic here. And there's just so many things that you do or that you're capable of doing and that you touch in life. And who knows who might be facing what obstacle or what's happening in someone's life right now. And uh, let's talk about loss for a moment. I'm working with you. I know that if I believe it was within two years, you lost several people very close to you. You were also dealing with your weight loss. Do you want to talk about that for a moment? Yeah. In um, 2006, um, my mother passed away. I'm sorry. And um, thank you, Dave. And my mother, she, she meant a lot to me in my life. She was, you know, my heart. And she also was one of the motivating factors for me even starting my weight loss journey. Um, I say she had um, went through a surgery at that point in time, bariatric. So I feel like it was still fairly new at that time. And I was sure but like I said, I was a very young guy. And she said, no, what, sir, you know, I'm older. All you need to do is kind of just apply yourself, work out. And that conversation that we had together really inspired me to start my journey. And I'd say it was probably, yeah, it wasn't even a year into that journey. I probably had been down 50 50 to 60 pounds and she, she passed away from a stroke. Mm. Um, I lost, I lost my mother to a stroke as well. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. She, she passed from a stroke and my mother, she was an educator. And at the time I was pursuing music. Music was always my first love. And I was uh, touring and I was actually on the road when she passed away. And as her being an educator, I felt as though, I owed it not only to myself, but I owed it to her to go back and finish my education. I said, Good for you. music is meant to be, it'll be there, but I want to make sure I go back and get my education for myself and for my mother, which is what led me to Bowling Green. Um, I did all this within that, that year, year and a half after she passed, and I was so excited to go to school. I was so excited. You know, I was very, you know, I was, I was broken up over the loss, but that was my silver lining. My silver lining was, okay, I'm going to go to school. You know, my sister, she was excited for me. Um, and she kind of helped me through the process. My sister, she helped me prepare for college. She had went to uh, Central State, Kentucky State, that could help me, you know, sure. getting everything together. 
And um, my year that I enrolled before I even got there, I enrolled that summer in Bowling Green. That spring, April, my sister passed away. Um, she passed away, and unfortunately, she so had sorry. a she had a heart disease. And I found out later that she she never told us about. She had a heart disease that she had been battling with. I had noticed in some of her medical records after we had, you know, gotten everything taken care of, but sure. I think she didn't want to share us and put that weight on us. Um, and that really, that really, um, that broke me. That broke me, Dave. Isn't it funny how the word weight keeps coming up? She didn't want to put, <laughs> she didn't want to put that weight on you. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I, I, I'm sure it did break you, but. Here, this is why I wanted you on the program today, sir. This it's not a coincidence that you're on the program today. Look at the number of obstacles that have been thrown in your way. All right, F- food was used as a reinforcement. It was always available. Uh, it was kind of a big thing. Your family it led the weight gain. You you end up losing your mother. You lose your sister. I believe it was within a very short period of time. Yeah. Yet here you are. Here you are, and. Uh, one of my favorite uh, people I've ever worked with, the most positive. Uh, let me ask this question. Uh, you know, Bootleggers Music Group Radio and, and Paul Jones, it's, he's trying to bring, bring people to be happier and more connected, more wonderful place and closer to God, one song and one podcast at a time. What role did God and faith or spirituality play in your journey till today, if any? Oh, man, I was... <laughs> Got a little broken up when you asked me that. Um, God played the entire part um, in my journey, Dave. Um, when I say that I was broken up, I also will say that I was upset. When my mother passed away, and it's, it's interesting because through each of these journeys of weight, um, I learned something about myself. I learned something about my relationship with the Lord. And when my mother passed away, I got um, a sense of fear, right? There was a sense of responsibility that came over me. Like you've been playing around with your life, right? That was, I feel like God's way. You've been playing around a little bit. I need you to get focused. I need you to get organized. That's what I told myself. And one scripture that my mom used to always tell me before she passed away was Proverbs 3, 5, right? Trust not in your own understanding, right? Lean mm-hmm. on the Lord. And I always remember that, especially after she passed, because I didn't have the answers. I said, like, God, why did you take my mother away? And I always remember leaning on that scripture, Proverbs 3, 5, because I didn't have the answers at the time, right? Yes. And once my sister passed away, at that point, I was angry at God. I was angry. I was like, okay, I didn't get answers from the last time, and now you've taken my sister. Now I'm really angry. I do not understand what you're doing. I'm Mm -hmm. upset, right? Sure. And it was also to the point where it's like, I'm going to do what I want to do now. And if you want to call me home, Lord, you call me home, but I'm going to do what I want to do. But as I look back, I was, a, it's, it's like I'm um, going to grocery store and seeing like a bad kid in a grocery store. And they're just having a tantrum. And the parent, they pick them up, they carry them, and they take them on, right? The parent doesn't leave the child in the grocery store. <laughs> as much as they might want to. As much as they might want to. They don't leave them in the grocery store. They pick them up. You know, they have a fit. They carry on. And that's what God was doing with me through that time. You know, I look back in my life and I say, um, do I know where I would be if certain things never happened to me? No, I don't know where I would be. But God did. Mm-hmm. Sir, have and you lost both your parents? I have at this point, yes. My dad was still around at that time, and we had a good relationship. Um, but he passed away um, a couple of years ago. But it was it was through the Lord and through those passings that we were actually even to be able to build a stronger relationship That's after neat. losing those loved ones. But um, God has been the, the, the major force behind everything, and even why I'm still able to be here today. And I'll share this too, Dave. Um, I believe that most people, everybody has a superpower, but it's once we begin to use that superpower for what God has called us to and to glorify the Lord is where that becomes our spiritual gift. So I don't want to leave here without sharing that today because there's levels to this, but I think that at the, at the base level, most people don't even recognize that they have that superpower. Um, but, it, you know, all of my strength comes to the Lord, and I have to give that credit to him. Well, you would have thought that I paid you $100 to lead us into this, but uh, you didn't know that I was going to go here, but I appreciate it. Uh, I'm going to pop another song in here right now, sir, and uh, we'll take a quick break to listen to this. It's called Human Side, and it's uh, written and and performed by Paul Jones, and 
Uh, I just love it. And uh, it lives up to its title and it's just poignant and moving. And so I'm going to play Human Side by Paul Jones. We'll come back on the other side and uh, I'm going to take you through a word association test just to get you prepped. For right now, this is Human Side by Paul Jones. Lord knows I have made a mistake or two. Forgive me, Lord. Yeah, forgive me, Lord. Sometimes my free will. Jones. Uh, every day that passes and he releases another song and they're working on the project for 2022, I am more and more proud and blessed to be in that man's life. And uh, he's touching a lot of us and doing a lot of great work, including letting us be together today. Sir, we're welcome back to Bridging the Gap. I'm your host, David Coleman. We have an amazing guest today, Sir Evans. And sir, if you're ready, I want to head off in another direction. Sure, absolutely. All right, sir. Here we go. It's a word association test. I'm, I'm going to give a word and anywhere from 30 to 60 seconds, you can respond to that with okay. what comes to your mind. And uh, I'd like this to be for you, this first one. Superpower. 
your superpower. God. Say that again. I say God. God. God's your superpower. All right, that's fair. Freedom. Responsibility. And you can you can say more than just one word. So okay. uh, when I said freedom, what was the first thought that came to your mind? Wait. <laughs> and I say, well, that's why I cleared it up into responsibility. Because with freedom comes responsibility. I think a lot of people don't realize that, but with freedom comes responsibility. Well, that's interesting. So obviously you've, and I, I remember we were talking about this and I was with somebody else. We were talking about this and somebody said, you lost more than me. You lost more weight than they were as a human being. And, and in, in losing that, did you feel a sense of freedom? Absolutely. Absolutely. But with that came responsibility. All right. To keep, to keep that freedom. <laughs> Here's your next one. Uh, your next one is um, hunger. Oh, hunger. Um, I think the first thing that came to my mind was necessity. All right. Oh, that's interesting. Hunger out of necessity, not hunger, and, and for whatever part of life that is. Hunger right. out of necessity. Uh, how about defeat? Temporary. Love that. Explain. Defeat is not failure. Um, and I think with defeat, it's something that's temporary, something that we can overcome, and it's also something that we can learn from. While failure is, is, is more, um, it's more permanent, it's more uh, of a loss. I think defeat is just temporary. That's, that's really neat. Here's one of the dangerous things about working with me uh, personally and professionally. You've given me some materials that we've been talking about and working on, and I'm going to turn one of these that you norm you're normally on stage talking about these things. You're sharing these things with your audience. I'm going to ask you to share it about yourself, and it was on one of the last things you sent me, and it's something you're going to ask your audience. I'm going to ask you. Do you feel like you're walking in your purpose? I do. I do feel like I'm walking in my purpose, yeah. And examples of why? The biggest example is my marriage, Dave. <laughs> the biggest example is my marriage. Um, but also I'm helping people to hit their goals. The reason why I say out of my marriage is because I, I run a business and I help people to hit their goals. But if I feel like if that's um, not an alignment, or if there's an alignment that's off there, it's going to impact me in my other areas. Um, my prime example, before I came on this show, my wife was having an issue with her trunk. <laughs> you, you were a few uh, minutes late. You texted me. You said, I'm working on a car issue. I'll be right with you. No, and I'll share this because a part of me said, you know what? I'll take care of this afterwards, but she had to leave. And I'm like, no, I'll take care of it now. We'll let Dave know. I'll try to take care of it before the show starts, but I'm going to take care of this, and then I'll take care of that. I feel like I couldn't take care of them out of order. Um, and then there might have been some more issues. So just being able to walk in that purpose, I absolutely do feel like I'm walking in purpose on multiple levels. Well, I, I could say this. Of all the people that I work with very closely and that I have an association with, I will say that you are in the same attitude, mentality, and temperament almost every time that we get back on the phone or on something like this or having a conversation. And that's not always the case with other people that I work with. They might be having a rough time or rough day and <clears throat> you can see and you can hear it or you can just tell the way they're expressing themselves. You have a, a, a way of keeping yourself level-headed and grounded. Is that your faith? It is. It is definitely the faith plays a part into it. What I've been through also plays a part in it as well. One of the things that I used to do was an exercise that I would do when I was going through situations was I would always look at what was the, the darkest time that I've been through in my life, right? And at that moment, it had been losing my mom, right? Sure. It, and I said, is this worse than that particular situation, right? And I would weigh it and I'd say, no, it's not worse. Okay, mm -hmm. if it's not worse, then let's, let's go ahead and carry on. I will add this too, though. You also, that does not mean that you brush it under the carpet. You still need to spend some time there and process it. But that's one of the reasons why I am so level-headed and I'm so cool, calm, and collected, because there's not too much that can get to me. You know, we've been through a lot of life, and it's, it's, there's no need to sweat the, the, the little things. That's neat. Uh, 
I'm going to let you do, and I'm going to cover a couple more things, and I'm going to let you do something that I've let a couple of my last podcasts do, uh, guests do, and that's if they want to ask me something, they can't. So think about that. And what I have a couple quick questions for you because of just the just the, the depth and the breadth of your experiences and what you do for a living. Has there been an instance in your life where you even surprised yourself, where something you achieved or something you said or an appearance on stage or a moment with a human being even surpassed your own possibilities and expectations? Mm -hmm. Um, I think being able to be here right now has surpassed my expectations. Um, I think every time that I can help somebody and impact their life and see that light bulb moment, it impacts me. It's it's still a refreshing feeling every single time to see someone uh, that light bulb go off where it's like, oh, I can do this or, oh, I can make that that third, fourth, fifth step after, or that fifth pound after I've lost the first, I can do this, right? It it, it ignites me every single time. Um, So I I think that even my journey in general, being able to lose that weight, I I don't really look um, at my accomplishments as something I've been having to slow down Mm. and do and just to celebrate those things. Even in my life, a lot of the things that I've overcome, I've I've been in awe in what I've been able to do with the Lord has been able to carry me through because, a lot of people probably wouldn't be able to go through those situations and come out the same way. That's really neat. I People ask me this question sometimes, and I remember a number of years ago, a few years back, I was uh, speaking on a military base in Pensacola, Florida, NAS Pensacola, which is just an amazing base. And after my program, I was speaking to all five branches uh, at, at that time. I know we have our Space Force now, but I was speaking to Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard. There were some Navy SEALs in my audience. And I remember afterwards, one young man came up, waited till the bitter end. Everyone was gone. And he came up and he asked me some very difficult questions about what was happening in his life. And I was able to help him process that. And I'll never forget, he gave me a hug. He had tears in his eyes and he said, he said, thank you, sir. I, I can move past today. I'm ready for tomorrow. And I remembered that literally everything I had ever learned, anything I had practiced, any skills I had ever developed in my life manifested in that 10-minute conversation with that young man. Has that ever happened to you? It has, Dave. Um, it has. And I, I think of some time where um, I was dealing with um, crisis, crisis consulting. And it's, it's, it's been some times where I've had some conversations where they literally have been life or death. Now, I can, I can prepare a keynote all day. I can prepare a speech. I can prepare some words, some motivations. But when you're talking to somebody whose life is on the line, there has to be a certain level of intentionality. There has yeah. to be a certain level of sincerity. And there has to be a certain level of what you have canned inside of you to share with them goes out the window. Mm-hmm. Um, and in those situations, it's, it's really just a, a heart posture for me. And I, I just remember a certain situation. I can think of it. It's, it's a, he was dealing with a relationship. Um, and he was, at, he was actually on the Bowling Green. This was in Bowling Green. He was on the Bowling Green Railroad tracks in his vehicle. And he was debating on staying there. <clears throat> I know uh, exactly where those are. Yep. He was debating on staying there until the train came because um, of a breakup that he had um, just went through. And we were able to really talk through that conversation. And, and Dave, it's really, it's kind of the same thing that you kind of just said, where all the training, everything kind of goes through, but there's still this, the heart is kind of leading, the mind kind of takes a back seat. It's really hard to explain. But um, just being able to be there, be intentional and really be there and listen to what he's sharing, listen to what he's going through and and being able to communicate that effectively and being able to share those things. And he was able to, you know, come through that situation. He actually was able to come through. We were able to talk in person. Good for um, you. A phone call. And that was, that was beautiful um, just to be able to be able to be there at that current time for him. So that's, that's really awesome. Let, let me, let me give the other half the equation here. Has there been an instance in your life where you disappointed yourself or didn't feel you gave your best effort? And how did you react to that? Yeah, I I just I just I disappoint myself often. Uh, they, um, 
I, I think even in, in, in a kind of what I say with marriage in multiple levels in marriage, I find myself where there's things where I could have done better in my work where I fall short. And one thing that um, I, I even learned through therapy that helped me is you're doing the work right now. This is something I didn't realize before that I, I could apply the same thing. So somebody who's taking that first step and you're on step two, three, this is the same thing that can be applied. You're doing the work. Right. A lot of times when we get disappointed, especially myself, when I'm disappointed in myself, it's like that weight comes back on me. Oh, man, you messed up. You could have did better. How could you? You know better. And we wallow in it. We bathe in it. We stay there a while. We book a flight. We, we you know, we, we really stay in that disappointment. But when you're doing the work, that's the checkout. OK, we, 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 it's time to check out. That's the checkout time. It's like, OK, you're doing the work. It's OK. We fall short kind of with the defeat. It's temporary. You've been temporary defeated. It's okay. Um, but that right there has been a, a really a peace of mind for me is you're doing the work. It's okay. Let's get back up. Let's continue to move forward. Let's take note of it. How can we improve? How can we do better in the next time? And also, you're going to mess up again. You're going to fall again. It's inevitable. You're going to fall again. You're going Absolutely. to disappoint yourself again. So let's get that out of the way already. You're going to disappoint yourself again. Um, but it's okay. I, I have to tell you, I have to thank you. I know you came on today as a guest for me, but uh, defeat is temporary. That comment from you is going to change the way I live from this day forward. And I, I'm probably pretty sure it was it was somewhere in the recesses of my brain anyway. But it's so easy to allow ourselves to uh, become caught up in a defeat or or let it let it. Uh, grow upon us and, and uh, become an insurmountable thing for us to overcome when it's just temporary. And I really appreciate those words. You know what, Dave, and I, I'll share this too, because I kind of frame it. If you look at what the definition of failure is, it's a lack of success. Just simply put, it's a lack of success, right? Okay. But when we look at victory, it's, um, it's to win a victory over something or a battle, right? So I may not have won the victory, but I wasn't, I didn't fail, even at the least if I learned something from that situation. Sure. Right? There's still success in learning. So I didn't fail. I was defeated, and that's temporary. You know, so I'm glad that was fruitful, because it was fruitful to me when I when I first encountered it myself. And it's very helpful, but absolutely, even to those who, who are listening now, it's only temporary. I agree. Well, I've been relentlessly asking questions of you. We've got uh, seven or so minutes left. Is there anything you'd like to ask me? You want to flip and ask me anything? Well, sure, Dave. I guess I'll go ahead and ask you the candid question. What's your superpower? That's a really uh, – may I I'm gonna, I will give you an answer, but I would love to flip it back for a second. You've been working with me now for a while. What do you think it is? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, first of all, I think we have multiple superpowers, but I would probably say um, – you have a gift of communication. Ah, thanks. And that looks different because um, as a communicator, you know it's a two-way streak. So that means that you have to be good at listening. And you also have to be good at, you know, uh, effectively communicating that. So I think that that is definitely uh, one of your superpowers. Well, thank you. I, if I had to say one, I would say it's my intuition. Uh, I can meet someone. And I, there's, a, there's a quote that I talk about on stage and with my clients all the time. People tell you everything you need to know about them before they ever say a word. Mm. I, I can be in someone's presence. I can watch them interact. I can hear the words coming out of their mouth. And it's almost there's, you know, there's some funny lines out there of people who say that they can see someone who's dressed and they can imagine what they look like naked. I think I can, I can see through to people's inner spirit, to their soul, and to actually what it is they're saying, not necessarily the words that are coming out of their mouth. So if I had to say what my superpower is, it would be my, my intuitive abilities. I could definitely see that. And it, it plays into why and how you're able to uh, do so well in communicating. Because you, there's even been times where we've been chit-chatting and communicating where you can kind of already see what I need to say or what I need to say. It's like, okay, you got it already. So it kind of helps me to cut down on the amount of words <laughs> that I have to hear. Well, you're awfully good at that. And our time is fleeting. I appreciate that question. I want to give you a chance before we're done today. I, you're writing a book, are you not? I am. I am working on a book. And yeah. we, do we have a working title? Yes, it's called Redesigning Your Wardrobe. 
<laughs> want to give us a, again a, an elevator description of what that book's going to be about? Sure. A lot of times we we lead with our physical. We think that the physical runs the show, which is our suit, right? But ultimately, when the spirit leaves the body, when the mind leaves, when emotions leave, there's not much left to us. Um, and really being able to realign that power from the structure that it should be and leading from the spirit and being able to use that in order to operate our suits. So redesigning our wardrobe, finding that superpower within you. That's that's really, really, really neat. And uh, is there something going on in your life? I, I know that you do something. I believe it's called a morning motivation subscription. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yep. I do morning motivation. They've been going out for a couple of years, uh, Monday through Friday. Messages to kind of help keep people or get people inspired to start their day off. Um, people can subscribe by texting the number there, and I can give that number too as well. But they come Monday through Friday to kind of help. please do go go ahead right now. Let's do two things. If people want to, let's do this. If people want to start to subscribe to your morning motivation subscription, how do they do that? Sure. You just text motivate me to two zero two nine one eight. Three four eight zero. Once again, that's two zero two nine one eight three four eight zero, and it'll add you automatically in there. And it is interactive, so if you respond to something that you have a question with, or if it's something that you like, you highlight that, um, and it is interactive. I can respond back to as well. If people get a chance to see you, and, and I, first of all, let's do this. How can people reach you personally if they would love to, to meet you or talk to you, possibly work with you? Uh, maybe see you on stage. How would they do that? Now, they, obviously, they can write through the app here. They can write through the Bootleggers Music Group Radio app, and there's a place called Contact Us. And if they do that, we will make sure that, that information gets to you. But otherwise, how can they do that? I would probably say just quality service through the website, qualityservice.com. And service is spelled S-I-R. Little pun on words there. Um, qualityservice.com. All the contact information is there. Also, social media handles are the same at Quality Service. Well, we, we, we called today's uh, time together. We just have a couple minutes left. We called today's time together, No Goal Left Behind. And uh, we kind of tie that into you losing your first pound and going from over 500 to, to half that and less now. What could we say toward the end here that would help anyone who's been thinking about something they need to do in their life? There's a goal. And I, I'm going to add something right now. Write it down. I believe yeah. when you write down a goal, it becomes real. I have a friend named Curtis Zimmerman who's one of the top speakers in the world. He's remarkably talented. And he says when you write down a goal, it becomes real. With the couple seconds, a couple minutes that we have left, someone's got a goal. They don't want to leave it behind. What's the first one or two steps, sir? What does the end look like? I like to work backwards. What does it look like? So let's say at the end of the day, you've completed your goal. It's done. It's finished. You just knocked it out of the park. Somebody comes to you, your best friend, somebody comes to you, they say, you know what? I've seen what you've done. I see that you've been talking about that goal. You've been able to execute it. It's fantastic. Tell me how you did that. It's really neat. You know that by working backwards. It's it's really great. So basically, when you have a goal, you reverse engineer it. It's like finding the spaceships in Area 51. We're going to find those spaceships. We're going to reverse engineer and voila, we're going to have a stealth fighter up in the, in the sky. So we're going we're gonna to take someone's goal, reverse engineer it, take it back, find the why, and move forward from there. Correct. You got it, Dave. That's really great. Sir, I just want to say this. Uh, the more I get to know you and the more I work with you, I think that you're going to uh, make a big difference in this world. I think you already are, but I think it's the tip of the iceberg. It's nice to see that you lived past the age of 25. And again, you said you're how old today? 38. 38. Do we have a new goal? Do we have a new, as we look to the future, is there an age where you go, I'm going to hit that one? Or is this now uh, just, I'm going to live the fullest life humanly possible? I got a little something up my sleeve for 40, but um, we'll keep that. We'll keep that underscore. But I do have a bullseye on 40. (laughs) (laughs) I I would love to be invited to whatever that bullseye is for 40. You shall be invited, Dave. But, uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for, for joining us today on Bridging the Gap. Again, I'm, I'm David Coleman. Uh, you can reach me through the app at Bootleggers Music Group Radio. Uh, if you've enjoyed this program, if you've enjoyed uh, the other past talks that are available on the app, please encourage others to download the app and to join us. 
And uh, sir, I will make sure that you know the multiple times that this will air so you can let those who know and love you and follow your career know. And then this app, excuse me, this podcast will be in the Past Talks uh, app uh, section of the app and on the station. And uh, it's been really nice to have you on. And uh, anything you'd like to say before we are done for the day? You know what, Dave? I just want to thank you for um, for inviting me out today. I thank Paul Jones Blue Luggers just for even creating a platform just to be able to have, you know, this this great opportunity here. So I just thank you immensely for that. Well, thank you. And uh, never underestimate the, the difference you're making in people's lives. I had you on today as a guest, and I'm actually, as soon as we're done, I see a couple of dogs looking at me who are saying, uh, don't worry about how hot it is. We want to go on a little walk here. So you changed my life, and uh, I appreciate that. So thanks for being with us. Uh, we really appreciate your time today. Good luck on the book. Good luck on your career. And for those of you who have been with us here today and listening to it uh, on the app, thanks for joining us. I'm David Coleman. This has been Bridging the Gap with Sir Evans.